Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. All right, guys, I have some exciting news. I know we've been talking about it forever, but this week it is happening. We are going to do our live three-day marriage boot camp. And I know you're wondering, why are we going to be doing this? Well, let me tell you why we're going to be doing this. Now, as a relationship coach and as someone who has had issues in her marriage before, I know what it's like to come home and hate to come home or have to constantly deal with stress and anxiety and arguing and just not knowing how to resolve certain issues. Because whether people want to admit it or not, when you have a lot of stress and conflict in your home, it causes you to be stressed out. It causes you to feel depleted and not feel like you can think about anything. It feel, makes you feel mentally exhausted. And you cannot be the best you that you can be if there's constant conflict in your home. Now, I know that some people are going through this and that many people just don't talk about it. But think about it like this. Imagine what it would look like for you if you could stop your conflict right now. Like if you could stop the fights, if you could stop the arguing, what would that look like for you? How much better could you feel? What do you think that could do for your marriage if you could come home to a peaceful house, not worry about stress, know how to talk about things, um, not argue? And if there's a whole bunch of turmoil and conflict in your home right now, what would it look like for you to be able to stop that right now? Yeah, it would be amazing. So what I want to do this weekend, I just want to have a chance to get to know you, sit down, talk to you, so that we can go over what's going on in your home. We can figure out what the problems are. We can talk about what we can do to stop a lot of these issues right now. Now, some issues is going to take a little bit longer to fix, and we'll talk about that later. But the things you can stop this weekend, the things you can stop now, I think it would be awesome if you could just stop some of these conflicts now. Like if there's a whole bunch of tension, if we could stop that today, that would be awesome. If we could stop the arguing today, that would be awesome. So what we're going to do over the weekend is talk about what these immediate problems are, whether your home is chaotic, if there's a lot of fighting and tension, and we are going to stop these things immediately this weekend. And so I'm excited about this weekend boot camp that we're going to have, and I want you to be a part. Now, typically the price is $97, as I've talked about, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to discount the price to everybody who clicks on the coupon link, and you can get in for free because I just want to help you. I just want you to know that it's possible to stop your arguing right now, to stop the fighting right now, to stop the conflict right now. And not only do I want you to know it's possible, I want that for you. And I want you to know that it can happen for you. And I want to show you how to get it. So join me this weekend. It's going to be on Friday at 6 o'clock. It's going to be on Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday at 6 o'clock. And during this time, we're going to sit down together. We're going to talk about some of the things you can do now to stop the conflict in your marriage so that by Monday, you will have less conflict. So join me on this weekend for the three-day marriage boot camp. Click the link in the show notes with the coupon, and then once you have the coupon, it'll be free. So just make sure you put that in, and you can come to this event for free. I am super excited about this, and I know that we're going to do a lot to stop all of the conflict in your marriage. So we're going to do that. So don't forget to click on the link in the show notes so that you can come to this boot camp for free. All right? So last week, we talked about a whole bunch of things. Now, one of the things we talked about was like, is it possible to change your spouse? 
is it okay well if you heard the episode last week you know that it is definitely not possible to change your spouse but there is somebody you can change and while that person may not be your spouse it is you so since you can change yourself we talked about one thing some of the things that you can do to change yourself so here are just some takeaways from last week's episode of the podcast last week we realized that it's impossible to change your spouse but that you can change yourself we told you to think about what your spouse has been telling you and then write these things down so that you'll know what the problem is. Because a lot of times people don't always tell you what the problem is. Some people will give you contextual clues and that just means that they'll give you clues about what's wrong or what's making them unhappy, but they're not going to come out and say it. So just think about the recurring themes of the arguments, what you guys are constantly talking about, what you're arguing about, and then write these down. And after you write it down, realize that, okay, Maybe they, there can be a problem because these are the same things that keep popping up. Um, spend some time thinking about that list. Then make a list of what you can do to change each one of these issues. Now, we say that because you are the one changing. You can control what you change and how you change. The next thing to do is make a habit to think about who you want to be and what you want your, your relationship and your marriage to be. And then when you know what you want, then you know what to do to achieve that goal. The next thing we said is give yourself room to make mistakes because nobody's perfect and you are definitely going to make mistakes when you are trying to change. Believe me, I know. And you might even revert and go back to some of the same things you used to do. But don't give up hope because it's a day-by-day process. It's something that happens daily and it's not something that's going to happen all of a sudden. Like there is no magic wand to change yourself. So it's going to have to happen like in spurts and it's going to happen gradually. So just make sure that you don't put to, don't try to change all at once. Do it day by day. Implement new things about yourself day by day and work on yourself. And the next thing is don't try to prove that you have changed because if you are trying to prove that you have changed, then you probably haven't changed. And the person should see that you've changed instead of you telling them that you have changed. So these are just some of the takeaways you got from last week. Now to listen to the full episode of last week's podcast, I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to that episode, but I made it easy for you. So all you have to do is look in the show notes and it'll say last week's episode. Click on that link and you will definitely be able to attend or you'll be definitely be able to listen to last week's episode of the podcast and hear in more detail how first it's not possible to change your spouse, but what you can do to change yourself. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to listen to an episode of the podcast that we I have done before, but I thought this was important for us to do because a lot of us are living and a lot of people are in dead marriages. And since the boot camp is coming up and we're going to talk about how to get unstuck and how to get out of that dead marriage cycle and how to reduce the conflict and stress in your home, we are going to listen to this episode again. And I did that because I want to do this. I want to show you how things are probably right now, but then what they could be. So listen to this episode about how to revive a dead marriage, let you know that, okay, so maybe if my marriage is dead, these are just some things that I can do. But I want you to know that if your marriage is dead and if it's in crisis and if these are just some things that you're dealing with, then you absolutely need to be at this boot camp so that we can fix and change some of these things. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen to the episode that I did. I was said sometime last year about how to revive a dead marriage. 
And then I want you to join me for the boot camp so we can talk about how you can revive your marriage, improve your marriage while including yourself at the same time, and what you can do in the next three days to stop the conflict in your home. But before we get to that, here is a message from one of our sponsors. What if I could tell you the number one reason you are struggling in your marriage? Hi, my name is Tiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, relationship coach, and podcaster. And I have been where you are in my marriage. I know how frustrating it could be to put in so much effort and not see your marriage get any better. I know what it's like to read relationship books and try all of these different marriage strategies, only to see it not pay off. It wasn't until I discovered that the answers I was looking for was not found in books, but that the solution to my marriage problems was with me the whole time. It finally dawned on me that I needed to work on myself instead of trying to change my husband. Once I began working on myself, I began to understand how some of my actions and reactions were contributing to a lot of the chaos in my marriage. Even though I was not the only person responsible for the problems in our marriage, I had to admit that I was a part of the problem. If you would like to begin improving your marriage and working on yourself, then my three-day marriage boot camp is for you. Here is what you can expect to learn during this three-day event. Day one, you will learn how your thoughts have the power to make or break your marriage and what you can do to take control of your thoughts and your actions. Day two, we are going to discuss some of the reasons why you are doing what you're doing in your marriage and why it's not working and what you can do now to immediately change the negative dynamics in your marriage. Day three, on day three, you are finally going to be able to identify your emotional triggers and then together work on ways to deal with these triggers in an emotionally healthy way. Okay, I know all of this sounds like a lot of work, but if you ever want things to change, then you have to put in the work. If you're looking for a quick fix or you're trying to change your husband, then this three-day marriage event is not for you. The three-day marriage boot camp is only for individuals who are willing to invest time, money, and effort to change their marriage. Why should you listen to me? In addition to being a relationship coach, I have a master's degree in counseling psychology, and I have a lot of experience working in the mental health field. I also have been on numerous podcasts talking about how it's possible to improve your marriage while working on yourself. The cost of the three-day marriage boot camp is only $27, and I guarantee that what you will learn will help you transform your marriage right now. If you choose to make an investment in your marriage by attending the three-day marriage boot camp, then you will have access to live coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching as needed, daily homework assignments that will help you understand more about yourself and your marriage, and replays of all the coaching sessions for the weekend. Once again, I know all of this sounds like a lot of work, and believe me, it is. But I guarantee you that if you attend the three-day marriage boot camp, you will begin to see positive changes take place in your marriage. I can't wait to meet you, and I am looking forward to having you in the program so that together we can begin working on your marriage. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for the three-day marriage boot camp, which will take place June 10th through the 12th. Hope to see you there.
Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about how to revive a dying marriage. Believe it or not, it's not uncommon for couples who start off madly in love to find out that they are in a dying marriage. According to marriage.com, the ultimate proof that you are in a dying relationship is not the feeling of hating your partner. Absolutely not. It's the feeling of indifference, of not caring about their thoughts or their feelings or their welfare, not taking them into consideration. That is the proof that you could be in a dying relationship or a dying marriage. Being in a dying marriage is almost like watching your marriage end in slow motion and feel as if there's nothing you can do about it. But of course, there is always something that you can do about it. But before we talk about what you can do about it, let's discuss some of the signs that you may be in a dying marriage. Number one, we already said you don't care. You're indifferent. You don't care about their thoughts, their feelings, how things make them feel. If anything, you start thinking about just me and you no longer think about your partner or include them. So that is a sign that you could be in a dying relationship. Another sign that you could be in a dying relationship is that your sex life is non-existent. There is no affection. There is no sex. That is another sign. And we already touched on affection, but that's another sign that the relationship just isn't what it used to be. If there's hardly any affection from day to day, you guys aren't snuggling, you're not talking, you guys just doing your own thing and kind of just living separate lives in the same house. That is a sign that you could be in a dying marriage. And if you are not in a dying marriage, you could be heading toward a dying marriage. Another sign is that you hesitate to make future plans with your partner. Now, this is important because when you are in a committed relationship, future plans are important, especially if you plan to spend your life with that person. So if you plan to spend your life with that person, then it shouldn't be a big deal for you to make a future plan for the next five years or what you want to do in five years or where you want to go or what you want to do even a year down the road. But if you find yourself unable to commit and make these types of plans with your partner or your spouse, then that shows that you could be in a dying relationship or marriage. If you are always annoyed at your spouse and everything they do starts to bother you, then that's a sign. Now, don't panic because all of us have things that annoy us about our spouses. Let's just be real. Let's just be honest. Whether it's leaving the toilet seat up or not washing dishes or whatever it is, there is something that annoys us about our partner. But here's the difference. Like, there are things that annoy us about our partners, but that doesn't take away the love that we have for them. It doesn't take away the warmth that we feel for them. It's just like, oh, but it's not like, oh, I hate them. It doesn't make us angry. It doesn't make us so upset to the point where we just don't want to be bothered. Now, if you're feeling like that, then yes, you are probably in a dying marriage. And it's something you should definitely pay attention to because that can kind of give you a sign of how you are feeling about your spouse and toward them. If you find yourself looking at other people and fantasize about them, about what it would be like to be in a relationship with them or what it would be like to have sex with them, then yes, you are definitely either in a dying marriage or heading toward a dying marriage because these are indications that your marriage is not where it's supposed to be. And if there's no progress, then the marriage will definitely fall apart. But don't panic. Sometimes these things happen. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world and it can be worked on and it can be fixed and salvaged. But you have to be able to identify whether you are in a dying marriage or not. So we've gone over some of the signs that you might have if you are in a dying marriage. 
So let's see. If you can relate to any of these, then I would say that you should probably begin to take steps to revive your marriage and see what you guys can do to get closer together because these signs are not good. It's a good thing that you recognize the signs, but this is just letting you know that these are just some things you need to work on and just some things you need to change. Your marriage is not over. It doesn't mean that your marriage is over and there's no hope. No, it's the opposite. It's just like a thermometer. It's just letting you know, okay, there's a problem. So you know what to work on. Because if you don't know what to work on and you can't recognize problems in your relationship, then your relationship is doomed to fail because you don't know what to fix. But if you see the problem and you can recognize it, then you can go about working on that problem. So all of these things can be signs that you're in a dying marriage. And if you feel that you or your spouse may be in a dying marriage, like I said before, don't panic. There are some things you can do to bring back the love and the warmth in your relationship. It is possible for you to revive your marriage. So here are some of the things that you can do right now to revive your marriage. And they're shocking because you wouldn't think about them. But here are just a few things that you can do to revive your marriage. Number one, give your partner grace. Yes. Give them grace. The reality is, to be honest, that we have expectations of what marriage looks like. And your partner has expectations of what marriage looks like for them. And the crazy thing is, like when you're in that beginning stage and you're trying to get to know each other, sometimes we don't really talk about the expectations because we feel as if my expectation is the same as my spouse or his or her expectation is the same as yours. And that is not always the case. Like my expectation of marriage could be where I have a Prince Charming, he does everything for me and with me, we snuggle, we laugh. And his expectation might be, well, you know, I have a wife, you know, she can help me with this, she can help me with that. All of us have different expectations and our expectations are pretty much based on what we saw growing up as a child. Or if we didn't see the proper relationship model for us, what we saw on TV or what we saw modeled from other people becomes our reality and we expect marriage to be like this. But marriage is not always like this. And in reality, your spouse is not gonna meet all of your expectations because a lot of these expectations that we have about marriage and our spouse are expectations we created. They know nothing about these expectations, but because we have them, then we feel when they don't meet these expectations that we have and we never told them about, then we're disappointed, like, oh, this isn't the right person for me, or you find yourself feeling upset or frustrated, and it's because of expectations that you expect your partner to meet that they cannot meet because they're different, and vice versa. Like, they have expectations that they expect you to meet, but you can't meet because that's not who you are, and you don't know about these expectations. So one way to combat this and not to get so angry and frustrated with your partner is to realize that they're human, they're people, they cannot read our thoughts, and even if you throw, like, signs out there and signals, some people can't pick up on signals. Like, I honestly can't pick up on signals. You can signal me and try to give me hints and clues all you want. I will not catch them. So you have to literally say, Kiana, could you, or something like that, and then I'll get it. But, I'm, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people out there like me. Like, we just don't get clues. Now, some people might get clues and pick up on hints. I'm just going to be real. I don't. So you have to tell me what you need from me. And then I'll be more than happy to oblige, but you got to talk to me. You have to tell me what you need. And so you have to look at it like this. Learn to accept 
the reality that unmet expectations are a part of every relationship. Your spouse is not going to meet all your expectations. So you just need to learn the value of granting them grace. And giving your partner grace doesn't mean that you should ignore things that they do that may be harmful to the relationship. No. Giving them grace means, oh, so they don't meet the expectation of buying me flowers for our anniversary, but they got me a card. Accept it. Realize that's their way of them telling you that they love you and that they care. And let go of all your unrealistic expectations. Because by letting go of unrealistic expectations, then you have nothing to compare them to. And whatever they do, that's just who they are. And you can accept it because you have nothing to grade them against. So number one, let go of, unex- let go of all unrealistic expectations and also give your partner grace. Number two, Don't assume that you know what's going on with your partner because you do not. Assumptions can destroy even the strongest marriages. Because when you assume, you act like you know what's going on in your partner's head and that just opens the door for miscommunications and misunderstandings. Because you don't know. Just because you know them doesn't mean you know what they're thinking. Like for example, my husband and I, we've been married for 16 years, but we've known each other for 17 years. And we are two different people. We think so differently. It's like night and day. He thinks one way, I think another. And so for me to sit down and try to assume what he's thinking will always lead me in the wrong direction because he's not thinking that where I would be thinking that. And I'm telling you this because I have tried this whole trying to figure out what your spouse is thinking crap. And it does not work because you can't tell what someone's thinking. You don't know. Even if you know them very well, you don't know what they're thinking. So the best thing is to sit down and talk to them. Don't assume because you could pr- nine times out of ten, your assumption is going to be wrong. So it's better to have communication. Sit down, talk to them about what is going on. Because if you do this, then you'll know where to go, how they're feeling, and you guys can work together as a team instead of fighting each other and trying to figure out what's going on with the other person especially if you're assuming you know what they're thinking when you don't. Another way to revive a dead marriage is to take time to affirm your partner. Let them know how much you mean to them and how much they mean to you. Now, it can be hard to give positive affirmations if you are angry or if you are upset because when you're mad, you don't want to do anything positive for somebody that you're mad at. And I know this because I feel the same way. It's like if I'm mad at somebody... And I want to do anything nice for them, nothing at all. So if I'm mad at my spouse or if I continually think negative things about him and constantly, and if I'm constantly upset with him and angry and mad, then of course I'm not going to want to do anything. But this is where it takes for you to be the grown-up in the relationship. And I say this because so many times we talk about marriage and relationships, but no one talks about the work that goes into it. And this right here is where the work comes in. So even if you might be upset or angry or whatever, you have to let that go. Put it aside and say something positive. Do something nice. Instead of criticizing, make sure you're intentional about providing praise and expressing gratitude. Because by doing this, you will begin to revive your marriage. Your spouse will see, oh, this is different. She's not mad at me or he's not mad at me or You'll see that the communication will get better. You'll see that just by being kind, you can open the doors of communication. You can revive a marriage. You can do so many things just by showing gratitude, just by affirming your partner and being kind to them. I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to always tell me, 
Kiana, you could win, what did she say? You could win more beads with honey than with something. Okay, I don't remember all of it, but I remember the honey part and the beads. And so what she was pretty much trying to say is this. You can win more people. You can be friends with more people. You can do more things. If you are just kind to people and don't return bad thing, bad deeds for bad deeds. So if you're good for people, then people are going to be nice to you. Like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule. And I know we've all heard it, but if you apply it to your marriage, then it will definitely help you to revive your marriage because you're tearing down walls, you're tearing down boundaries, and you're opening the door to a safe environment where your spouse will be able to freely talk to you and communicate. So make sure you take time to affirm your partner. Another thing that's important to do is get to know your partner on a deeper level. Now, of course, if you've been married for a long time, you're just like, well, I already know them. I already know what they're thinking. I already know them. But you know, as human beings, we evolve. Like the Kiana today is not the Kiana 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And I'm not going any further. But who I am today is not the person I was years ago. Who I am today is not even who I was yesterday. Because yesterday I learned some things and I decided to change some things. So every day we evolve. We're supposed to get better. And if you are holding on to what your partner used to do, what they did in the past, and not recognizing the growth, not recognizing the emotional maturity that is and has been occurring throughout the years, then you're not going to get to know them on that deeper level. So take time to get to know who they are today. Not get to know the person that you married, but who they are today. I've heard a lot of people, a lot of couples, they say things like this. You're not the person I married. And that is true. They're not the person you married because you married them a while ago and they have changed since then. And you know that could be a good change or it can be a bad change. And hopefully in your case, it's a good change. But The people we married years ago are not the people who they are today. So get to know them on a personal level. Get to know who they are today. And stop trying to expect them to be who they were when you first married them because they have changed. And you know what? You have to. So get to know your partner on a deeper level and get to know who they are today and give them credit for who they are instead of holding past things against them. Another thing that is super important to do is make a list of your disagreements. Sometimes in order to be able to restore a marriage, you and your partner have to overcome some disagreements. And here's the thing. Now, if there are some disagreements that are like trivial, it's not a big deal to your marriage or whatever, then fine. Let it go. You don't even have to talk about it. But if it's something serious like boundary issues or financial issues or something that definitely has to be fixed before you guys can move forward in a positive direction, then you need to talk about these things. So make a list of your disagreements, list out each area of contention, and then work toward coming toward a compromise in each area. And I wouldn't advise you to tackle the list at once because that can be daunting, it can be overwhelming and emotionally draining. So pick one thing at a time and work on that. And once you finish with that and you make a compromise and you're working on that goal, then maybe a couple weeks later, go back and revisit something else. And if you guys need help with that, a counselor is always my best option. I say see a counselor, a marriage counselor, so you guys can work through this list together. Because the marriage counselor can be someone who can maybe mediate and be a moderator for you and explain to the other person what you may mean. Because sometimes when you're caught up in the heat of the moment, what someone's saying What you hear may not be what they are saying. So I would advise you, 
If you feel that you and your spouse may not be able to navigate this alone, please get the help of a professional counselor so that you guys can tackle these things together and be able to work through this area and of your marriage so that you can make it better and revive your marriage. Here is something that I love, love, love. In order to revive your marriage, you know what? You have to work on yourself. It is so easy to blame other people for what's going wrong, even your spouse. Now, they are probably part of the problem because it takes two people to make a marriage. And so they have to be part of the problem or else there wouldn't be a problem. But with that being said, you have to be part of the problem because you are part of the marriage. So if you work on yourself and figure out what you are doing to this marriage that's contributing to it in a negative way and then work on those things, then you will definitely begin to revive the marriage because you are working on part of the problem. And this is something you don't even need your spouse to do. You can work on yourself by yourself. And I would say that it would be better if you did seek a counselor, not for the both of you, but just for you. Because if you're having a hard time in your marriage, and you've been having a hard time, and you're at this point where your marriage is dead, that shows that this has been going on for years. So you're going to need some help as well. I would say go to a professional counselor, get the counseling, get the help, work through your issues so that you can begin to revive and reset your marriage. Instead of constantly demanding change from your partner, demand change from yourself and begin to work on you so that you can revive the marriage. It's easier to start with one person than not to start at all. So start with you. Another thing to do would be stop criticizing and express concerns effectively. Now, I know a lot of people think that criticizing is a way to express concerns. All right. I love watching reality TV. I'm watching this show now called, um, I think it's called My Name is Jazz or something. Anyway, it's in this show, the girl in the show, she, oh, the song is called, the show is called I Am Jazz. Okay, so in this show, this girl, she's put on 100 pounds, she's gained a lot of weight, and her family's way of trying to quote-unquote encourage her to lose the weight is to criticize her, to constantly watch what she eats, and all of this stuff, and it's not working. If anything, it's making her more stressed, more, she has more anxiety, and she's eating more because she's stressed, and she's stress eating. So sometimes the way we think we're showing love and concern is not love and concern. It is misguided, and even though our hearts might be in the right place, our actions are totally in the wrong place. So one thing to do, if you find yourself concerned about your marriage and wanting things to work out, and you're just like, ah, I don't know what to do, and so you're criticizing your spouse, and you're constantly nagging them and trying to talk to them to get their attention to see what you see, the best thing to do right now is to stop, just stop it. And learn how to express concerns effectively. So when you express concerns effectively, you let people, the person that you're concerned about know that you are concerned. But you have to show it in a way, not through resentment, not with anger, not with criticism. You have to show concern in a certain way. Like, for example, if you and your spouse aren't doing things together, you want them to do things together with you, you can say something like this. So instead of saying, you never do anything with me, you never do this, and I'm upset because this, that, and the other, you must not care, say something like this. Is everything okay? I notice you've been a little preoccupied, a little stressed out. We're not doing anything together. Is there something I can help you with? Because you're showing concern for them. Because if 
that you see that their pattern of behavior has changed. Maybe something is going on with them. So many times we always assume that things that are going wrong is because of us or that it involves us. And sometimes your spouse could be struggling with something that they're not talking to you about. They could be struggling with something they're not telling you about. So if you address the concern of how are you doing, what's going on with you, then you can get to a resolution, you can get an answer, and then you guys can start working on that instead of accusing them about things that you think may be going on in your marriage. So in order to reset your marriage, you need to learn to approach conflict or differences of opinion calmly and constructively. So be constructive. If you feel yourself escalating to anger, then it's okay to take a break before you say anything hurtful that you didn't truly mean. Because once you say words, you can't take them back. And sometimes when we are angry, we say things that hurt our partner or our spouse. And the crazy thing is, a lot of times your spouse will remember the things that you said in the heat of the moment that hurt them. And you can't take it back. You can't say, pretend I never said that because you did. And they cannot go back and pretend you never said that. So make sure that you are mindful of what you said. You don't say anything hurtful. And if you feel like you can't control yourself, end the conversation, take a break. And then only if you're able to come back calmly, rationally, then talk again. But if not, just let it go. And seek the help of a counselor who can help you guys work through this. Now, in order to have a discussion, you have to start with care words, like, I feel that, or my concern is that, instead of just saying, you did this, you did that, or whatever, because then they're feeling attacked. And when someone feels attacked, they fight back. And then you're getting nowhere because you are fighting each other instead of working together. So by saying things like, I feel that, or my concern is that, this keeps the conversation respectful and avoids placing blame on your partner. Another way to help your marriage and revive it is just increase positive interactions. Don't let every interaction with you be so stressful until they just don't want to be with you. So in order to have a good interaction, it's important that for every negative interaction, you need to compensate with five positive interactions. And it makes sense. So if you have a bad interaction, then have five positive interactions. Spend more time hugging your partner or giving a comforting touch instead of arguing. Listen to them. Make them feel that they are important so that they will know that they're being heard. And this goes. This, this is the same when it comes to criticism. So if you are, feel like you have something you want to say to your spouse, and remember, only constructive criticism is good for relationships. Just regularly criticizing, not good. But you would have to say something like, do five positives and then you're one negative. Like, you're good at this, you're good at that, you're amazing at this. I would work on such and such and such. And then go back with a positive. Because our brains cannot handle or take so much negative. It's, it just can't handle it. So that is why it's important to give five positive things, whether it's words of affirmation and reassurance before you say something negative, or if you have a negative interaction then it should be five positive interactions to balance out and make up for it take a look at your parents marriage and this is good because you will see um exactly why you're reacting the way you do sometimes in marriages we are going off of what we what we've seen and it makes sense because you've never been married before like how would you know what to do so we go by what we see and so many times we don't have a good example of what a marriage is or what it should be like. So we honestly don't know. So if you sit down and you're like, you know what, 
my parents did this, or they divorced, or whatever. Then you'll have an idea of what happened. So you're like, okay, so I don't really know what this is like. And then you can begin to work on yourself and help yourself to go through that learning curve to see what a marriage is actually like. I would even suggest if you don't have any positive role models for marriage, see if there's people either in your church or in your sphere of influence or people that you can talk to or know who have a positive relationship and maybe see what their marriage is like and then use that as a way to determine where your marriage is. And as I said before, counseling always works to help you figure these things out. So instead of doing things by trial and error, if you see a counselor, you can have the tools you need to effectively work on your marriage. And finally, in order to make any marriage work or revive any dead marriage, you have to, it's a must, eliminate affairs, addictions, and excessive anger. Because if your marriage contains any of these traits, it is not going to be successful. So in order to change that, you have to create a new marriage that doesn't include any of those barriers. Repairing a marriage in which there's an affair or in which one partner suffers an addiction or anger problem may require the help of relationship therapists. So please don't feel alone if you're unable to do this on your own. Seek the help of a counselor. So these are just some ways that you can begin to revive your marriage. And if you see that any of these ways um, are not working for you or you feel like you need extra help, then always seek the help of a professional counselor and they can definitely help you with this so that you can begin to revive your dead marriage. Now the song we're going to listen to today is called Disconnected and the song is about a woman who is feeling disconnected in her relationship. So here is the song, Disconnected. I thought I could tell you all my thoughts and my feelings You were the one who was supposed to stand by me But when I talk, you often walk away And you ignore the words that I say It gets harder to live this life with every passing day Oh 
before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today. I absolutely love hanging out with you each week, and it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. Because I am so thankful to you guys, I am going to be giving away a free gift. I understand that being married can be difficult and stressful at times. So if you are looking for a way to stop arguing and resolve issues in your marriage, then click the link below in the show notes to download your free PDF about how to solve problems in your marriage. If you would like to contact me, feel free to contact me on social media by clicking the links in the show notes and I promise you that I will respond to your message. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah.